Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. everybody a big 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 welcome back to another episode of the emerald couch this is your host dr lakeitha pool i am so happy to be back after taking the month of june off for self-care and to regroup um i just think that that's really important and obviously as a mental health and wellness advocate and someone trying to uh, promote that through this platform um I would be sort of a hypocrite if I didn't do that for myself. And so um, I definitely appreciate you guys for waiting. For those of you who are used to hearing from us weekly or biweekly, um, I know it might be a little weird, but we're back. Um, so I hope that you too took some time to take good care of yourself and um, spend time with family, enjoy this ridiculously hot weather. Um, and we are back to be able to get right back to it. So believe it or not, we're at the midway point of the year. Um, there's still so much to do. Um, so six months in usually means you've done six months of hard work, but then that usually also means that there's six months to go um, of more things to get done. And so I'm excited because there's so much more um, still in store for the podcast um, and hopefully for you all too, when it comes to your overall health and wellness goals and business plans and all those wonderful things um, that you guys share with me um, all the time when I hear your feedback about the show. So as always, thank you for continuing to listen and to support your feedback, of course, is so important um, to the success of this show. And so if you haven't already, or if you're brand new listening to the podcast, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. Um, and if you are an oldie but a goodie listener, make sure that you rate us on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Um, you can also keep up with us on social media, on Instagram, we're at Go Small Talk Counseling, that's G-E-A-U-X. Um, and you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash smalltalkcounseling. Um, if you're interested in just doing a one-stop shop for everything, you can head to our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Make sure you share on our, your social media pages and let us know if you're enjoying what you're hearing. So this is episode 45 of the show. Um, and today we're going to be talking about since I took that month of June, um, to just reflect, to take care of some business, to also, um, just kind of do nothing some days. We're going to talk about this concept of radical self care, which I think I've brought up the topic on a past episode, but have never really dedicated a full, um, time slot for it. So we're going to do that today. And also this concept of being able, um, to close doors. I I think I see through a lot of social media posts with this being the middle of the year, so many people um, 
or sort of really on their grind or really trying to figure out what's next for them. Um, and one of the things that sort of keeps coming up is people being able to sort of move forward from toxic relationships and friendships, maybe horrible um, work environments. And so sometimes that does mean closing some doors, which is really difficult for a lot of people, um, depending on what maybe that area might be. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, So we are in July. um, And so I want to at least make sure before we get into our topic um, in more specific ways to highlight the fact that July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And so of course, while the Emerald Couch is for everybody, we always pay special attention to the mental health needs of people of color um, in an effort to erase the stigma and to promote self-advocacy because minorities are less likely to receive a diagnosis and treatment for the mental illness. Um, and that's typically because they usually have less access to mental health services um, or they often receive a poor quality of mental health care. And so I definitely want to make sure that we highlight um, the fact that this month is for us or is for me and is for you if you are a person of color listening um, as we recognize Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So you guys know I always like to give you a few stats. So I want to share a few things with you and then we're going to jump into our topic. Um, so just some things about mental health um, in particular around this population that I want to make sure that I highlight. So these are the most recent stats um, from 2017, um, I would imagine, because most stats come out every two years, that there will be more at the end of this year um, to update these. But this is what we have so far. So in 2017, about 41.5% of youth ages 12 to 17 received care for major depressive episode, but only 35.1% of Black youth and 32 0.7% of Hispanic youth actually received treatment for their condition. So there's definitely a disparity there. Um, Asian American adults were less likely to use mental health services than any other racial and ethnic group. Um, I think we can get into a whole discussion around um, the specific needs of that population, as well as um, some of the specific stigmas related to mental health. Um, and maybe we'll do that one day and kind of break down each of those groups and and kind of what's there. Um, In 2017, 13.3% of youth ages 12 to 17 had at least one depressive episode, but that number was higher among American Indian and Alaskan Native youth at 16.3% and among Hispanic youth at 13.8%. So again, folks of color um, experiencing depression um, at a much larger rate than our general population. Also in 2017, 18.9% of adults, so 46.6 million people about, had a mental illness. Um, and that rate was higher among people of two or more races, so folks who consider themselves to be biracial, at 28.6%, um, non-Hispanic whites at 20.4%, and Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders at 19.4%. And so these are some of the just general stats. Again, we could go into more details around specific diagnoses, um, certain age group. We can even break that down into gender based um, upon being a person of color. Um, and so maybe we will do that. So that's an idea happening on the spot. You heard it here first. So we're going to try to maybe figure out how to fit that in. But just as a way for us to recognize that July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And of course, um, our goal here is always to create a space um, for all people to be able to think about and discuss mental health topics, um, but definitely for sure to make sure that we discuss this um, for people of color and to help erase that stigma um, and to promote self-advocacy. So to get into our topic today, which is um, radical self-care and closing doors, um, I definitely want to share one of my favorite quotes, and I can't remember if I've shared this on the show or not, um, but that's okay if I have, because I think it's definitely applicable in many forms. Um, 
So one of my favorite authors is Bell Hooks. Um, and so there's a quote that I actually, I keep it in actually all of my offices, both at work, um, at my practice, um, and even in my home office. Um, and it states, one of the best guides to how to be self-loving is to give ourselves the love we are often dreaming about receiving from others. And I love this quote because it is the perfect definition in my eyes of what self-care and more so radical self-care means. Um, for most of us, it's often difficult to feel validated in pursuing self-care and setting appropriate boundaries to love ourselves fully so that we can be properly loved and appreciated by others because we get so caught up in loving and appreciating other people. Um, and so a lot of times we forget that the way in which we maybe need to be loved is usually with the same forcefulness and um, self-sacrificing that we often give to other people. And sometimes we're not willing to either ask for that, or maybe we have people in our lives that are doing that, but we are so exhausted um, from sort of dishing it out. We don't even take notice of those folks' efforts. And so um, it's really important to really have an idea of what this idea of self-care, um, particularly radical self-care looks like. So why in the first place, you know, should self-care even be radical? Because radical really sounds like extreme, um, which is why I like it. But we're not talking about just tending to yourself after like everybody else's needs are met, but sort of this idea of actually moving self-care higher up um, on your priority list um, and sort of literally bombarding yourself with love and appreciation in a way that you never have before. And so when you say it that way, of course, radical probably makes sense and, and sounds like the best word. Um, and so this sometimes in order to do that involves walking away from people and from things that no longer serve our mental health and our emotional needs. And so what we know is that while closing the door for things can be difficult, um, it's often freeing. It's usually very necessary um, to continue to progress positively um, in your personal and sometimes professional lives as well. And I think oftentimes we forget um, how important our needs are in order to fulfill the roles and the jobs and the duties that we have. Um, it's almost like we go on autopilot, but our emotions um, and our mental health and well-being and um, the way in which even physically, sometimes our bodies are able to sustain themselves um, can't work on autopilot. We have to be able to sort of check into our emotions or check out of things um, that are draining our emotions. And so some of the things that I think are important to um, point out when it comes to this idea of closing those doors in order to then participate in that radical self-care. Um, closing the doors is really about establishing emotional boundaries. So this might mean um, offering forgiveness, and that could be to yourself or either to somebody else, um, and then re-examining what your goals and aspirations are. So you guys who listen to the show regularly know that usually for each episode or at least one episode per month, um, I talk about like making sure you've checked in on your goals for the year, especially if you're somebody who's kind of like me and tries to you know, list them out in January, not necessarily as resolutions, but just as a way when you get, you know, a new planner and it's fresh and it's nice to write it in there. Um, being able to kind of like check in on those, it's really important. So closing those doors is, is about those emotional boundaries and really establishing that, um, in a way that goes beyond the typical day to day of doing maybe what, um, are just your needs or fulfilling your needs. But sometimes that also includes like, what are your deepest desires and your aspirations and your goals? Um, and going to the next level when it comes, um, to really thinking about how to put yourself first and moving yourself up on that priority list, like I mentioned earlier. 
Um, I think other ways that people sometimes for forget or, or don't necessarily think about what it means to close doors is sometimes having those long awaited conversations um, and not necessarily for maybe the person that you need to talk with, but more so for you really being able to sort of just put out what you need to say to somebody um, because we don't have control over the way people will respond to things that we share with them. And so what's more important out of that scenario is to be able to provide yourself with an opportunity to say what you need to say so that you're not carrying the emotional weight of those things. Um, sometimes that might be applying for that job that might move you across the country um, that you never would have imagined because, you know, being in that city that you're in or being in that place that you're in or near family um, feels safe. Um, but that too is an emotional boundary. Um, and in some ways that's a defense mechanism to not actually go after the things that you aspire to do or the dreams that you have. Um, sometimes for people it's travel. Y'all know how much I love to travel. I talk about it on the show a lot. Um, but for some people leaving again, that bubble is really difficult. So that might be, you know, booking that international trip to like clear your mind and get over maybe an ended relationship or to do something that's just freeing to celebrate yourself, um, for your hard work and accomplishments. Um, sometimes this also includes getting rid of toxic friendships, toxic workplace environments, um, being able to sort of understand that your mental health and well-being is never worth any job um, or any relationship. Um, those things should actually be things that um, foster positivity um, within you. And so if they're not doing that, then that means they're, they're draining you. And that too um, keeps you from being able to practice self-care in the way that's necessary. So definitely think about, you know, and there are more examples that we could probably talk about forever, but figure out how you need to close the door. What do you need to do to set yourself free um, and to put yourself in a place where you can then become um, happy and freer so that you can then do the things necessary to take better care of you. So some of the ways that I think um, you can consider, I guess, being able to practice radical self-care in a more practical way. So yeah, closing the door matters, being able to sort of take care of that stuff first. Um, that's kind of step one. But then the action part of the radical self-care is what comes next. And so I think one of the things that is really, really necessary to be able to do is making sure that you're minimizing stress. So some of those things that come with closing the door will do that automatically, right? Getting rid of toxic friends, changing jobs, taking a break to get some travel in or do your own thing. Um, those things will obviously minimize stress. Um, that could also include, though, finding other ways throughout your day that you know typically would make you... Um, have a little bit of scatterbrain. So I'm an early riser, which most of my friends and family are always highly concerned about because I get up um, at the most random times, particularly if I need to be productive. But what I enjoy about that is if I get up at you know five and work for an hour from five to six, whatever that item is, is now done. And I kind of feel like it's not even a part of my actual work day or my day that I have to, you know, get a bunch of other things done in. And so that works for me. And that is a way for me that minimizes stress. So sometimes that's just playing catch up from the night before things that I couldn't get done or I was too tired after, you know, leaving work to be able to do. And so just being able to find ways to minimize your stress is really important. Um, make sure you exercise and eat right. I know I talk about this on the show a lot as well. Finding a balance between that is really hard if you're a working professional or if you're in school full time. Um, but really figuring out what that looks like for you is 
super important. And by exercising and sort of the health part, I don't always just mean like going to the gym or going for a run, but keeping up with your doctor's appointments, finding ways to be able to make sure that you're not picking up fast food every day or for every meal of the day, um, being able to just find a balance. Um, I got to go to Essence Fest this weekend and I went to this really amazing session um, with who's actually Beyonce's nutritionist. So you guys know I was so amped up about that. Um, But being able to just get some advice about how to make everyday items that typically we don't, you know, count as sort of, you know, good tasting food or things that have high nutritional value. And in actuality, um, most plant-based diets do. Now I am right now in no means encouraging anybody to go to a full plant-based diet. Um, I myself do not practice that right now either. Um, but I do think that there is a benefit for sure. And being able to know that, you know, you can get all the nutritional value that you need from plants. And so, you know, if nothing else for you to be able to gain some knowledge about what could that look like for you on maybe not even a daily basis, but a weekly basis where maybe you have a meatless Monday, um, to just let your system clear out, especially coming off of a weekend where usually people go out for drinks and have big meals and there's family dinners. So being able to just find that balance, um, between exercise and, um, eating right and taking care of your health is also another way to practice radical self care. Make sure you nurture and pamper yourself. So for some people, you know, pampering is like going all out. Like they have to go to the spa, they have to go to the sauna, they have to go get nails done, all these things. Um, and then there are those of us that like literally sometimes I just need there to be no noise around me. And that is like my way to feel pampered and nurtured or, you know, lighting candles all through my house and keeping all the lights off, but having candles everywhere. For me, that feels nurturing. Um, for some people that's reading, um, for some people that's having conversations with people who you feel are nurturing to you and who restore you or who make you laugh. Um, so finding how to do that or figuring out what that is for you is really important. And so I definitely suggest um, thinking about what that could look like to nurture and pamper yourself. Um, this kind of came up in the past discussion, but just thinking about how to offer forgiveness and clear the air. Um, recognizing that, you know, it doesn't always mean that you offering forgiveness to somebody means that that person is also allowed to then stay in your life and maybe wreak havoc again. And you end up in the same place a year from now. It's being able to recognize that when you offer forgiveness, um, it is really more for you instead of them and being able to know that that too, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of effort. Um, and sometimes comes with a lot of criticism based on, you know, maybe what the reason is you have to forgive someone, but being able to recognize that that is about you being able to sort of clear out your heart and your emotions in order to be able to move forward. And that too, again, is pretty radical because most people aren't willing to do so because it's really tough to have conversations with somebody, let alone forgive them, um, for someone you feel has wronged you. Another way to practice radical self-care um, is to take responsibility for meeting your own needs and solving the problems that maybe come up for you day to day. So a lot of times um, we find ourselves frustrated when we feel like, you know, oh, my friends don't know that something's wrong with me or they don't even recognize how sad I am. And 
while we would love for all of you know our family and friends to be mind readers, they are just not that. And if somebody is, then you just let me know. But as far as I know, most of us cannot uh, do that. We don't have that ability. And so just making sure that you take responsibility for figuring out how to meet your own needs and create your own forms of happiness. And so, of course, people who come into your life should bring even more of that and sort of um, continue to complement what you're already bringing to yourself. But it is really important to sort of take responsibility for making sure that your own needs are met and figuring out how the issues that maybe come up for you day to day um, can be solved through your own processes or through you thinking through something in a different way than you maybe have ever before. And then the last tip is to make sure that you don't delay gratification and joy. Um, I know most of us are all guilty of this when it comes to, you know, maybe it's something like a big trip that's coming up. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to plan this trip to celebrate my job promotion or this really big opportunity I just got. And it's going to be for May of 2020. Well, that's almost a year away. You have to be able to find something that's a little bit more in the moment because the way that our brains work, we're conditioned to be able to repeat things that we're rewarded for more immediately. And so if you can find ways to not delay gratification or joy around the things that matter most to you on a daily basis, you'll find yourself in a happier place. You'll find yourself um, feeling better taken care of by yourself um, because you've allowed yourself to allow joy to come in, um, even for the small things. So, you know, sort of experiencing joy or gratification could come from having your favorite smoothie that day or um, being able to, you know, we talked about exercise and diet, like having your cheat meal that day. That is like the most delicious thing that you could ever imagine for dinner. Um, Sometimes that's being able to, you know, have experiences that typically you wouldn't do maybe because you have work the next morning, like going to a late night movie. So it doesn't have to be these huge and grand gestures, but it's about making sure that you get to feel gratified and that you get to experience joy um, regularly instead of it being this thing that you always have to wait for. Um, And so again, we're all guilty of kind of doing that, which is why doing the opposite is a part of this whole idea of being radical and practicing radical self-care. So these are just some practical tips. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, the first step before even getting to that action stage is that you will need to definitely close the door on some things, set some clear boundaries, have some of those conversations you need to offer forgiveness um, before you can even get to the stage of actually caring for you. Um, but there is so much power and so much um, clarity that comes in being able to practice self-care. And so if you can get this process going and make this a habit, um, it won't seem so radical. It'll seem like your your new normal. And so I encourage everyone, um, particularly during this month, um, of Minority Mental Health Awareness Month to figure out what ways that you need to create some radical opportunities for you um, to practice wellness, to practice self-care, and to create a better life for yourself. So just some tips for this month, um, hopefully useful. So we're going to take a break right there, and we will be back with our signature segments. All right, Emerald Couch listeners, we are back with our signature segments in the last half of our show. Um, and so first up is our pop psych moment of the week. So first, before I do anything else, I have to give the biggest 
warmest, loudest shout out to the U.S. women's soccer team who are World Cup champions for the second year in a row and for the fourth time um, in general. It's pretty amazing to watch um, the way in which this group of women um, have rallied together in the midst of a lot of criticism um, and lack of support um, from counterparts within their sport, but also just folks who don't have any clue about their sport. Um, and so just being able to sort of just see the, the support that they have gotten um, is such a huge statement for sports and for the appreciation of the strength um, and the courage of women um, and what they have been able to accomplish is just amazing. And so what I appreciate is that so many of them have been vocal um, about the criticism they've received, um, many of it, which has been in their personal lives, which I think is very interesting. Um, and some as, as athletes and being female athletes, um, but they are literally by accomplishing what they have, being as vocal as they have, um, and, you know, going high instead of going low, like our, our first lady used to say, um, they're literally changing the games for girls and boys around the world to see themselves as being able to accomplish anything they want to. And so I am super, super excited for them. Um, I'm excited for the energy around, um, the Women's World Cup. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen this many people, both men and women, um, showing appreciation and excitement for a sport, um, that doesn't always get its, its, do um in comparison to some of the larger i guess money making sports for you know america and what people sort of think about as our more popular sports so it's really really exciting to see what they've been able to accomplish and what i love most is how they're influencing the next generation of men and women athletes um who are going to follow in their footsteps um and definitely have more discussions around equality around equal wages um, and around the fairness that comes with being a woman in sports um, and being able to have those discussions um, in an open space. So, so amazing for them. Go Team USA. So excited. And congrats again um, to our women's soccer team who are World Cup champs. Um, and speaking of amazing ladies as the, I guess, second part, I don't know if we always have two parts of our pop psych moment of the week, but today we do. Um, speaking of two amazing ladies, we will have two new staff members joining us at Small Talk Counseling and Consulting. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. They're sort of our first two um, staff members who will be coming on part-time as independent contractors. Um, young professionals growing themselves in the field. Um, so Miss Leah Stone and Miss Bianca Lee um, will be available and taking clients. Um, they are open for consultations. So if you have yet to sign up for your first therapy session and you are in the Baton Rouge area um, and you're interested in at least giving it a try, um, they are both wonderful clinicians and will definitely take very, very, very good care of you. Um, and so if you are interested, please make sure that you reach out to them. You can email at info at smalltalkcounseling.com or give us a call at 225-341-2853. Um, but I'm super excited to have them on staff. I can't wait to be able to see all of the great things that they're going to bring to the team um, and the way in which it's going to cause our practice to grow. So if you have never come by Small Talk, if nothing else, come by, meet them, meet me, um, and we'll hopefully get you taken care of when it comes to your mental health and wellness needs. So special shout out to those ladies too during our pop psych moment of the week. And then last up um, is our small talk bookshelf. This week, it's pretty much a clinical um, kind of pro tip or a professional tip. 
Um, so sorry for my listeners this week who are not uh, clinicians, but I'm always honest about what I'm actually listening to or reading. Um, and so I wanted to share um, that one of my sort of favorite things right now that I'm listening to, which is actually another podcast, um, is the group practice exchange. And what I love about it, and this actually fits with me just sort of introducing Leah and Bianca to you all virtually. Um, I love it because it talks about everything related to group practice building. It offers tips, there's advice, there's coaching sessions, there's interviews, um, there's even training opportunities. So while it's a podcast, it's very much also a movement. Um, and what I've loved about getting to listen to um, Maureen, Maureen Werbeck, who's an um, LCPC um, in the Chicago, Illinois area, um, is her honesty and transparency about what does it mean to, you know, really be a clinician just in general, starting a practice, but even more so when you're ready to take it to the next level, um, if you're interested in group practice, being able to do that. Um, because those of us who are mental health professionals or any sort of like social service professional, um, they don't really teach us the business side, um, of how to become a business owner or a practice owner. And so, um, those are things that most of us learn by trial and error or by reading or in some cases listening to a podcast to be able to learn more. And so I'm super appreciative um, of Maureen for taking that on, sharing her knowledge, sharing her resources um, as a group practice coach. And she's also a group practice owner. Her practice is Urban Wellness Counseling. Like I mentioned, it's located in the Chicago area. I think she has three locations now at this point, um, if I've been listening correctly. And so I'm super excited to share that resource um, with anyone who's listening, um, who is you know, a clinician of any kind, maybe you're not in mental health, um, maybe you're um, a medical doctor, maybe you are a lawyer interested in expanding a practice as well. I think it can be useful in so many forms because the tips are totally business related and that's what I have enjoyed about it. So that is my go-to podcast when I um, am at the gym, on the treadmill, trying to get my radical self-care on. Um, and so if you are a clinician and listening um, and you're interested, definitely make sure you check out the Group Practice Exchange podcast and the website that has a ton of other resources as well. And that is our small talk bookshelf moment for the week. Um, we don't have, because I've been on a little break, any Ask Dr. LP questions, but if you do have any, whether it's about today's topic or past topics or anything that's just on your mind, make sure you submit your questions on Instagram or Facebook. You can also go to the Ask Dr. LP tab on our website um, or email us directly um, at info at smalltalkcounseling.com. I'd love to um, read and answer your questions on air in a future episode. So please make sure that if you have them, that you send them my way. And that brings us to the end of another episode. As always, I appreciate you all so, so much for taking time out of your day. Um, sometimes I know it's your commute. Sometimes you might be at the gym like I am when I listen to podcasts. Um, but whatever you're doing, I appreciate you for taking a moment to tune in, to share with a friend. Um, we have so many other exciting things ahead. So make sure that if you haven't already, that you've liked, followed, and subscribed. Um, submit your questions if you have them. And we thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you back here next time on the Emerald Couch.